Welcome to the Clio for Teachers and Teams podcast. In this podcast, I share practical tips and tricks for implementing Clio into your organization, within your school, or in your lesson. My name is Patrick de Boer, and I'm a Clio teacher from the Netherlands, as well as a Clio teacher trainer and coach. And in this podcast, I'd like to share my ideas and experiences with you in order to get Clio on top of your mind. Have fun listening. This episode, I want to talk with you about variation and, and, and ownership. So two things that are involved when you talked about talk about involving both teachers and students into your organization. So what do teachers need to feel involved and part of the organizations? And at the same time, what do students need in order to feel, you know, um, as if they um, are part of your lesson, as if, if they're motivated to work for you, there's some involvement going on. Um, the key here, the, the, the key concept here that I want to talk with you about is making sure that they all feel involved in some way. And there are various things you can do to do that. Um, but in all cases, it increases motivation to be willing to be part of the organization. I personally am bored very easily. And it's one of the reasons I always uh, started doing other things next to teaching. Um, and it's also the reason I always start with a lot of things but never finish them. Because as soon as I've got something, I did something the first time, I'm already bored and want to do the next thing. I'm really bad at, at really finishing projects. I'm really good at starting new ones, um, like this podcast. Um, that's why I, whenever I start with a new project and I'm afraid I might not be able to finish it, I need to make sure that it's something big and others are part of a team so I can't quit when I feel like, okay, this is enough. I want to move on. For example, organizing a musical, you know, that that's something you can't stop with. Um, in, in, in So you really have to finish that. Um, anyway, that that's something that I need. I need that variation. I need change, um, both in, in the way that I train teachers. And I really like what I do right now. So both teach and give training to teachers. And really, you know, there's, that creates a very nice variation in my life where I inspire others, help out others, and at the same time also still teach a bit and, and share what I've learned from those workshops with my students and vice versa. So I can really, you know, it's a bit of a best of both worlds. Um, and as a teacher, I think it's the same. You want some variation. You need some kind of ownership and variation in what you do in order to actually feel like you are part of the organization. So I want to talk with about that first, really making sure how do you as a teacher feel like you're in part of the organization. And after that, I also want to talk about how as a teacher, you can make sure your students are more involved in the lesson. I'll give you some ideas on that. So first of all, I already mentioned them. I wanted to talk about two things, ownership and variation, because those two are, in my opinion, key to uh, making sure that students are motivated um, and you as a teacher as well. If you do not feel any ownership, if you do not feel like, well, you are part of the progress, your opinion is valuable, valuable and people listen to you and you just um, do what you're told, you will be less motivated. So my question to you as a coordinator or a coach is, when is the last time that you sat down with the teachers in your team and actually listened to what their needs are, to what they want? Um, is there something they want to develop? Is there something they want to learn? Is it something they want to improve? Is there something that they would like to talk with you about that they have been struggling with for a while? Often, um, 
team meetings are about what a coordinator or, or a school leader wants to talk about and less about what teachers want to talk about. So that's just something that I want to, to put out there. When is the last time you sat down with teachers and just said, okay, let's talk about what's the one thing that you would like to change um, or improve or what's the one thing you want to learn and how are we going to you know, go about that? Of course, there's a vision element of a school. School leaders need to have a vision and talk about that and maybe get those early adapters along and eventually get those. But I also noticed that a lot of school leaders are a bit like me. Ooh, shiny new object syndrome, you know? So they um, switch to something else within one or two years without really solidifying the new things within their school. I'm not sure if you recognize that, but it's something that I see around me whenever I visit schools, that there is a lot of things going on in education and there's always new things that you can implement. And there's, for some reason, less um, focus on actually solidifying that within your organization and making it part of the process and making it part of a more long-term planning instead of just a one-off workshop or one-off training session. Um so do your teachers feel like they have enough challenging go challenges going on when you talk about variation? Same question. Is there enough challenges? Is there enough different things you can do? Or are you just going through the motions? Um, is it just, you know, I do the same every day or do you want to do something else? And I think as a teacher, it's important to talk about that as well. So, so do you feel motivated? If not, what's the reason? It could be ownership. It could be variation. It could be something else. But these are things that might be interesting to talk about now as a teacher the same applies to your students if your students are just going through the motions and are just following what you tell them to do um i'm not saying they will be less motivated but i think there are things you can do to increase motivation when you talk about ownership you do not have to be the one selecting all the homework selecting all the work they need to do you do not have to be the one to give all the information they need. They can find information themselves. They can read texts. They can explain things to each other. I've had students explain new things in class where I just sat back and the students did the explanation. They prepared a paragraph and they explained it to other students. And all I needed to make sure was uh, of was to, make, to, to check if it made sense and the students understood. And sometimes I would just ask one or two questions to make sure that the, the important things were mentioned. But generally speaking, students were quite capable of even explaining rather difficult math topics to other students. But you can also, you know, make it somewhat easier. For example, with activities like a create the question or choice board, those are activities where students, um, well, get to create things for each other and get to a bit of that ownership. And I receive a lot of feedback always on those kind of activities. The students really like doing that because they feel like they're in control instead of following what the teacher says. And of course, if you provide enough scaffolding and you make sure that there's no structure there, students will be able to do that. Um, so that those are just some ideas that you can do to make sure there's that ownership element. And when it comes to variation, well, I think I've talked about this before. Um, uh, I, I switch a lot of time. I switch with a lot of activities in my lesson. So um, if I talk, if I explain something, I make students time me giving them that ownership again, but also making sure that there's no variation going on in my lesson. I don't want to talk for more than 10 minutes. By now, you've probably realized I talk fast. I also like talking a lot. That's why I record this podcast. So I need to make sure that I get you know, a limit on that. Um, and it also means that I switch every 10, 15 minutes with something in my lesson where I 
uh, would switch from an opener to an instruction moment or an informing moment or and back to an applying stage where I set them to do some work, where of course I provide them with some kind of activity to make sure that they are all working. So we're reflecting stage, back to an applying stage, etc. Just constantly switching that around. Also, sometimes individual silent work, you know, where um, I think in every clue lesson, you can also have moments where they work in silence. I did a questionnaire with my, my um, uh, students last week, and I, I always ask them to sit in groups and work together, and I, I teach them how to do that, and I scaffold that process. And one of the students, anonymously, but I think I know who it is, um, filled in that she prefers working alone because there's so much rumor going on in the group. Um, and for that student, working more in a more isolated part of the lesson might really work out. So it's something I need to explore with her to see how things are going, if she would sit alone or maybe pair up instead of completely alone. But that's, that, that's you know, that variation that you can also have in your lesson. It doesn't always have to be uh, running around. For some reason, people think that CLIL is all about constantly running around, standing up, etc. And sure, you can do that. But there's also moments of silence in my CLIL lessons. Um, students also have to do some active thinking. And active thinking doesn't mean actively running around. It means that they think for themselves. And it might mean that they have to work on their own for five or ten minutes or maybe longer. Obviously, I'm not in any way saying that you have to make sure your st students are silent for half an hour. But you get what I mean, I hope. So that's just my idea on, on ownership, on variation, two things that I think are important to make sure that both teachers in your team and students in your lesson feel involved, part of either the organization or the lesson. And uh, I noticed whenever I did this as a coordinator, I would find that teachers are more motivated to, to, to discuss things with me. If I would invite them to, to discuss challenges that I face in my teaching or in my organization, and I would ask them, okay, um, can you please let me know what you think of this? And not make it too open, because when, when I organized uh, sparring sessions, no one would show up. But if I asked individual teachers to just give me their opinion about something, they were quite often quite willing to do that, to just sit down with me for 10 minutes. And of course, at the same time, I would give them the, um, the responsibility to, to give their opinion. And they would feel valuable. They would feel, feel valued um, part of the organization. And... Of course, it also means you need to do something with that. If you don't follow up, um, they might say, well, next time I won't help out because you don't do anything with what I say. But that's, I think, crucial to any organization and especially to bilingual education in the Netherlands, which is a niche, of course. Um, and if you find that teachers are not involved with the small team you already have, then you might face challenges where you have half of a team not really wanting to do what you want them to do. So then you sit down and talk about them with uh, and talk with them about this. That's just something I wanted to share. Um, so um, make sure you give the teachers ownership. You talk with them about variation. What things do they want to do? Is there enough variation in their work? But also students, give them ownership. Give them some things to do in class and variation enough in the lesson. So don't make them sit down and listen to you for half an hour. Um, I know there are teachers who can do that. I once had a teacher myself who, well, I think if I'm if he would read the telephone book, I would still find it interesting. Some teachers just have that gift that if they talk, you listen, and it's just that intriguing. Um, I don't have that gift. Um, so after 10 to 15 minutes, I need to make sure something switches. Also, the reason these podcasts are not uh, much longer, 
um, because um, I might just deviate from the topic uh, too much if I make these podcast episodes any longer. That's it for today. I hope you like this. Let me know what you think uh, of this. Let me know if you have any activities that you do in your lesson that make sure the students are more involved or more feel a bit of an ownership there. Um, And if you're a coordinator or a coach, let me know what do you do to make sure that teachers um, feel like they're part of the organization? Do you always ask them what they want or do you just tell them, oh, this is what we're going to do? It's a bit of a, a mean question to ask maybe, but I'm just asking it to check with you check in with you and see how things are going as always good luck with your clue lessons and your organization looking forward to well sharing more information in the net next uh, podcast mm-hmm.